The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. With the first pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Anthony Edwards from the University of Georgia. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode on the sweet spot, as you just heard, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver uh, announced the number one pick in the NBA draft. That audio coming from ESPN and NBA.com as well, where Anthony Edwards announced as the number one draft pick for the Minnesota Timberwolves in the 2020 NBA draft. Now, I don't think that pick surprised many. Most people expected him to go number one, uh, which is actually the first time that the SEC has had a number one pick in the NBA and in the NFL draft in the same year. Of course, we know Joe Burrow went number one to the Cincinnati Bengals. So with Anthony Edwards going to the Timberwolves, it didn't shock anybody, didn't surprise anybody. Um, The other two guys who were in heavily consideration to be that number one pick was James Wiseman, who went number two to the Warriors. We know uh, the Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns at center, so they didn't need another big man to clog up the paint there. So the other realistic option was going to be LaMelo Ball. Were they going to take LaMelo Ball, as we know, the kind of point guard and the vision that he has? Were they going to pair him with D'Angelo Russell, another ball-dominant guard who needs the ball to be effective and efficient on the floor in the NBA? So um, they decided to play it safe, go with Anthony Edwards. He's about 6'4", 6'5". A physical specimen, crazy athletic, a guy who can score at all three levels, whether it's driving to the paint, mid-range, or three points. So, um, you know, they went Anthony Edwards. You can't fault him in a way, but to me, uh, there's some hesitation with taking him and didn't really come until a few days uh, prior to the NBA draft. Um, I think most people probably know where I'm going with this, but when he said that, he didn't really love basketball, that football was his first love. That was a red flag for me because uh, that quote and some of the things he said in that quote really just didn't sit well with me. And let me read you this quote. It comes from ESPN writer Alex Scarborough, who conducted that interview with Anthony Edwards. This is what Edwards had to say. He said, I'm still not really into it. I love basketball. Yeah, it's what I do. But he also stated that if he could give up basketball today for football tomorrow, he would. And I'm like, "Uh, man, you're about to be number one pick in the draft. Uh, That's not that shouldn't be your mindset right now. You know, Uh, let me continue the rest of this quote and I'll give you more of my thoughts on this uh, situation with Edwards and his not so much love for basketball. He said the reason he would choose football over basketball is because you can do anything on the field. You can spike the ball. You can dance. You can do all type of disrespectful stuff. In the NBA, you can't do any of that. You'll get fined. So when I read that quote, I was like, hold on. Where's your mind? You're there to play the game. You're not there to entertain and show off. And like He's talking about dancing and spiking the ball and doing disrespectful stuff like it's one thing to to dance and we know taunting and all that stuff is disrespectful for, for him to actually say he wants to do disrespectful stuff. Like, hold on, man, you're about to be the number one pick in the NBA draft and you're talking about wanting to be an entertainer. And I'm like, man, those are red flags for me. Even if Anthony Edwards was my guy from start to finish, from the time the Timberwolves were uh, awarded the number one pick to the time that the NBA draft was getting ready to kick off, I would have said, okay, we got to we got to pull the plug on this guy because I don't know where his heart truly lies. I mean, I mean, you look at someone like Lamar Odom back in the 1999 NBA draft. I remember him leaving Rhode Island, and you know, this is guys 16. He's left-handed. He can shoot it. He can drive it. I mean, this dude can do it all, and he's 16. As I mentioned, as a left-handed uh, skill player who can pass the ball he can shoot he's going to be tough defensively if he buy it, buys in there but the issue with him coming out was he entered his name in the draft but then he tried to remove his name from the draft but it was too late in the draft process so he had to keep his name 
in the NBA draft process selection. So um, a lot of teams were scared. Okay, does he really want to go back to college? Is he really ready for the NBA? Even if he is physically, will he be fully invested mentally? And, you know, ultimately the Bulls took Elton Brand number one. Um, Odom eventually fell to four to the Clippers. But there was really a great opportunity and possibility that the Bulls were going to take Lamar Odom with that number one pick, but they didn't do so. Lamar Odom, that kind of same mentality and mindset of not really being fully committed kind of carried over and plagued him for his entire NBA career, even though we know he was a lot more talented than what he really uh, put in on the court every single game. So this is kind of a that's what reminds me with Anthony Edwards. I mean, he's said that basketball, he it's, it's not his love. It's not what he really wants to do. If And it's not because, uh, just because, man, I love football and I just love to hit somebody or, you know, scoring touchdowns and just being out there with the guys. And it, it's all about dancing and entertaining and being disrespectful, as he said. Those are no reasons anybody should publicly say that's why they choose the sports because they want to be disrespectful to other people and against the other team so you know when I heard that that quote I was just like man I wouldn't touch Anthony Edwards at all and it's sad because he's so talented as an athlete but if your mind isn't on the same page as the physical aspect then then what good are you I mean when he said okay I love basketball but football is my true love it kind of put it's like okay, it's like this. If you're dating a girl and y'all been dating for two, three years and you love her and you really do, but if there's that ex girlfriend that still has your heart and if she said take me back or I want you back, you'll drop the ball on your current girlfriend for your ex. That's kind of what I see here. It's it's, it's like Anthony Edwards saying, okay, you know I love basketball, I do, and I know I can do great things in it, but. If that ex-girlfriend came, if she called me tomorrow, this whole relationship with Becky Sue or Jennifer Jacobs, and I'm just making up names, but you gotta, you kind of get an idea where I'm going here. I mean, this dude isn't going to be fully invested in basketball. He'll he'll love it, and he'll chase the money, it seems like, and he'll love the stardom, but they could be looking at their uh, second part or second coming of Andrew Wiggins, somebody who wasn't really in it for all the right reasons but they'll take everything that comes along with being a nba player in today's game now uh we talked about anthony edwards we looked at the number one pick let's take a quick look at the top 10 in general and in the second segment i'm going to give you the teams i felt like won the nba draft the other night now looking at the top 10 of course we talked about anthony edwards i gave my ideas there uh, you look at number two, James Wiseman, super talented center from Memphis going to the Golden State Warriors. You know, the news broke with Klay Thompson suffering that serious injury at the time. They didn't know the severity of it, but it seemed to be pretty bad. And today we know that it's um, confirmed that he tore his Achilles. We wish Klay Thompson a full and speedy recovery. Now, pretty sure most people were curious to see what the Warriors were going to do prior to the NBA draft to start with, but to get that news about Thompson shortly before the NBA draft began, would they switch their minds and go to LaMelo Ball, another ball handler, another guard who can help create for your offense, or would they go with a uh, much-needed need, position in James Wiseman? I think they, they could definitely use a big man and somebody who's very skilled like he is. So, you know, they decided to go with Wiseman. We'll see if he remains with Golden State. Um, I know there was trade rumors prior to the draft that maybe number two would be shipped to the San Antonio Spurs in a deal for LaMarcus Aldridge. And so now that knowing that Clay Thompson is out, they could really use another scorer, another uh, guy who could stretch the defense and be an immediate impact for that Warriors team because Curry's 32, Draymond Green is 30. You got Klay Thompson, who had an ACL injury, now an Achilles injury. This team, they're not going to be as good as we've known them in the past, and I think this team right here would be fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, I know how good Curry is, and uh, but people don't realize how much of an impact and a role that 
Clay Thompson played on that team offensively and defensively. So we'll see what the Warriors decide to do in this offseason as it's just getting underway. Now, number three, LaMelo Ball fell to the Hornets. Uh, I think they really wanted James Wiseman. That's what they really needed was a, a big man. They have plenty of guards. And you look at Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier, Malik Monk. Uh, Dwayne Bacon's going to be a free agent. But they have plenty of guys in the backcourt. So guard really wasn't a need for them. But, um, you know, just looking at the type of player that he is, he is the best talent that was available on the board at that time. And I think they just went with the best player who was available and somebody who will definitely help sell tickets. And LaMelo Ball is super talented. Of course, we know the ball handling, the IQ, his ability to distribute the pass uh, to his teammates. And, you know, he can shoot it every now and then. He may not be consistent, but, uh, you know, he doesn't shy away from the moment for sure. Now, number four, Patrick Williams, small forward from Florida State, went to the Bulls. Patrick Williams. Now, this was a surprise of maybe of the entire draft, but definitely in that lottery and in the first round. Nobody expected him to go as high as he did. Now, there was a lot of buzz surrounding this small forward prior to the NBA draft. It seemed like in the week or two leading up to that day, you kept hearing Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams looked good in workouts, and teams are really falling in love with him. That Some teams are hoping that they fall to him, but maybe they uh, are interested in trading up to get a guy like Patrick Williams. So there was a lot of talk of him climbing up the boards, but I don't think anybody expected the climb to go all the way up to number four to Chicago. Uh, they say this is a guy who, you know, he's energetic, good defensively. He can He can shoot the ball some, knock down a few threes. But he's a guy who came off the bench in Florida State. He only averaged like nine points a game. And that, you know, I think about Marvin Williams, another Williams, uh, back in the day in the 05 draft where he went number two to the Atlanta Hawks when you had Chris Paul sitting there. You had Darren Williams sitting there. You had Raymond Felton sitting there. And we know Marvin Williams ended up being a solid player, but you're not looking for just a solid player at number two. You're not looking for a solid player in the top five. And uh, the Patrick Williams pick definitely caught me off guard because I thought if they were going to go uh, with a wing position player, it was the next player who came off the board, and that was Isaac Okoro who went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, excellent pick. We know Okoro uh, played at Auburn. And, you know, with me watching him this past year, he did not look like a freshman. And I'm not talking about his body. I'm talking about his the way he played. Like the way he played was uh, just a maturity that he showed that was uh, beyond his years. I mean, he played like a junior or a senior. I mean, Bruce Pearl called him a for a senior because <laughs> that's exactly how he played. He was a freshman, but he played like a senior. Like the, he didn't get overwhelmed in his game. He didn't feel rushed. I mean, he just definitely has a commanding presence on the floor uh, we know he's one of the best defenders coming out of the NBA draft he was um, you know athletic freak for sure he drives to the hole he's going to dunk it on you he doesn't shy away from anybody if he can develop a consistent three-point shot then Okoro will be making all-star appearances throughout his career so I think that was an excellent pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers now number six the Atlanta Hawks went with Onyeka Okongwu from USC, the big man there, 6'9", 245. Um, kind of a surprising pick. Uh, I think a lot of teams or a lot of analysts post-draft aren't giving the Hawks a good uh, good draft grade on that one. And, you know, I can't really fault them for that because you look at their lineup with Trey Young at the point, Cam Reddish at the two, DeAndre Hunter at the three, John Collins at the four, and then Clint Capella at the center position. I was really surprised that they went with a center with a number six pick. And Congo, yeah, uh, you know, chances are he's going to be really good. Um, you know, he's a he's an energy guy, rim protector, pick and roll guy. But when you can find a solid backup center in free agency or later in the draft, I mean, it reminds me of when the Magic took uh, Mo Bamba when they had Vucevic as their starting center. I mean – Get somebody who's going to help immediately 
uh, especially on the offensive end, especially, you know, when you have a guy like Trey Young at the point guard position. Is there anybody off the bench when you take him out that can help create and keep things going? I know they have Kevin Herter uh, uh, as well there that can make plays. DeAndre Bembry, I mean, but he's a restricted free agency, uh, restricted free agent, I should say. We'll see if he comes back. But, you know, I thought maybe they would lean towards someone like Tyrese Halliburton or – even Kyra Lewis Jr., I wouldn't have been surprised if he would have went six. I think that would have been pretty nasty um, to have his speed uh, on that Hawks team. But, you know, I didn't really expect him to go with a Kongu. And we'll see how it plays out. We'll see what his impact is going to be for that Hawks team. You know, there's a lot of talks of Atlanta trading that pick and getting a, a veteran that helps them to win now and compete for the playoffs. Uh, but they decided against that. So, We'll see what they do the rest of this offseason. Now, number seven, the Pistons selected Killian Hayes, the point guard from France. Sits about 6'5", 195. Uh, he's been playing, you know, pro basketball for a while, so he has good experience of playing at a higher level now. He's someone who is a creative passer. They say he has high basketball IQ and can score in different ways as well. So, uh, you know, it's always tough when it comes to an international player because you don't get a chance to see them. And the level and the style of play is totally different from the NBA, especially the speed and the physicality aspect of it. So um, not really sure what to think about the Pistons taking him. I mean, he could work. He may not. We've seen plenty of international guys uh, work, and we've seen a whole lot more not turn out to be anything what people expected them to be. So, um you know, a team like the Pistons, a team that just needs an overhaul and needs homegrown talent. I mean, that's what General Manager Troy Weaver said. That they need homegrown talent. They need to draft well and keep the guys that they've drafted. So, um, you know, I'll give them, I'll give them a, a B right now, just because you know uh, it remains to be seen on what his impact is, but. If I had opportunity, I probably would have went with Halliburton or Kyra Lewis Jr. If I was going to take a point guard. But, you know, people love point guards who have size. And sometimes they look at, oh, he's 6'4", he's 6'5", and he plays point guard. Then he's going to be great. Then actually looking at what a point guard position requires. Someone who can run the offense, who has good vision, who can uh, be a leader on and off the court. And I think teams get too caught up in that that whole word prototypical, as we know, a lot of the NFL teams do the same thing when it comes to a quarterback. He has to be 6'4", 6'5", a cannon for an arm, but you look at some of the best quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, uh, Michael Vick, Kyler Murray, what he's doing now. I mean, size isn't everything, so don't get caught up on numbers. Now, moving on in the NBA draft, number eight, the number eight team, the New York Knicks took Obi Toppin, from Dayton and you know I got a chance to watch him earlier in the year with Dayton playing in the Maui Invitational Tournament and this guy can straight out ball he's a uh, high flyer of course he played with the Dayton Flyers so I guess it's in the name but you know he's a he's a force to be reckoned with offensively I was kind of surprised he fell to eight I think the Knicks were drooling with the opportunity uh, to get him when they got on the clock so I think that was a great pick by, by them just because they need something to be excited about, and he definitely brings that to that Knicks franchise. Now, how does it play out for the the team aspect as far as you look at their roster? I mean, you have Julius Randle and Bobby Portis and Mitchell Robinson. Uh, they're going to have to do something because you want top in the play, and he's a power forward, and all those guys I mentioned are power forwards with Mitchell Robinson being the center, but – they got to do something because you want top in the play, but there's a log jam at that 5-4 position. But I thought that was a really good pick by New York. Now, number nine, the Wizards drafted Denny Avdia from Israel. Uh, you know, I got a chance to watch some of his film. He seems to be a very smart basketball player. Um, you know, he's a guy who can handle it. He can make plays with the ball. Uh, they say his shot needs to be improved consistently, but he can knock down a few shots. But if he can knock down shots consistently that's where he's going to really take off because if he can consistently knock down open shots or uh be a 
37, 38% three-point shooter, then he'll definitely be an impact for that franchise. Now, I know a lot of Washington Wizards fans are hoping that he's not the second coming of Jan Vesely, a guy who was taken sixth overall in the 2011 NBA draft. I mean, he played a total of four seasons, and you took him with a sixth pick. And, you know, anytime players are taken from overseas, fans are always uneasy. And that's even from me as a Spurs fan and the success that the Spurs have had taking guys um, in the international arena, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, uh, Luis Scola, Leandro Barbosa. I mean, it goes on on and on, some of the guys that they've taken, Tiago Splitter, that has had success coming to the USA to play basketball. But when you take them six overall, boy... I'm telling you, uh, the Wizards uh, definitely haven't forgotten Jan Vesely. So they're hoping that Denny Optia is not anything like Jan Vesely. And I don't think he will be. I think he seems to have a little bit more skill. And that's what you really need in today's game is that skill set to make an impact on an NBA team. And if you're going to be a top 10 pick, you better have some skill and know how to play the game at a high level. So I think there will be more promise than upset when you look at the end of Denny Avdia's career. Now, the number 10 pick, the Phoenix Suns selected Jalen Smith, the center from Maryland. I was shocked he went number 10, not because he doesn't necessarily have top 10 talent. I know a lot, a lot of people are kind of saying he doesn't, but I felt he was a lottery pick for sure. So, But I was surprised that Phoenix took him because you look at their roster, of course, they just recently acquired Chris Paul at the point guard position. They have Mikhail Bridges. You have Devin Booker, of course, Cameron Johnson. DeAndre Ayton is your center. And it's kind of like the Hawks, okay? You have your center in place, but you just took another center in the top 10. And, you know, it's kind of a head scratcher because Jalen Smith is like 6'10, 225, 230, very skinny. But he is kind of a stretch big. Like, he can shoot threes. He can make plays inside, but he can uh, really stretch you outside and hit threes as well. I got a chance to see him on a few Sunday afternoons as the Big Ten will play on CBS. And, you know, he was a guy I definitely remember. I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure I remember Jalen Smith because this kid can play. And, you know, he can intimidate uh, players that come to the paint. So he'll be a, a solid rim protector as well. But a team for – as at like Phoenix, I thought maybe they would go guard. As I mentioned, some of the other teams, like the Hawks, maybe they go guard. Um, but the Suns, I thought for sure, was going to go guard, especially acquiring Chris Paul. And you traded your point guards, basically, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome. Chris Paul is 35 years old, so you need him to pass the torch to somebody. And we know Chris Paul isn't the most durable either. So I thought – a perfect pick for them would have been someone like Kyra Lewis or Tyrese Halliburton, a point guard, somebody who can create when Paul isn't on the floor. Because we know Chris Paul is a ball-dominant guard, so he needs the ball every position to be effective. I think if they would have taken Tyrese Halliburton or Kyra Lewis to be that backup point guard, let them learn from Chris Paul, let them be that instant offense off the bench, I think that would have really serve the Suns better overall doing it and going that route as opposed to taking Jalen Smith, another big that they didn't really need. Um, you know, I was actually hoping that he was going to be on the clock at number 11 for my Spurs. But and had, this has no, no bearing of my uh, grading of the Suns. But just looking at their roster, I think it would make perfect sense that they would have went and got an explosive point guard or two guard, somebody who can help create when Chris Paul isn't on the floor. But, you know, uh they did go Jalen Smith. We'll see how it turns out with them, how it goes for them in Phoenix. As no, there are going to be a lot more expectations for that Phoenix team, the way they ended the NBA season in the bubble, going undefeated, and then, of course, acquiring Chris Paul as their new starting point guard. Now, when we come back for the second segment, I'm going to give my top five teams that I felt nailed it in the draft, and not necessarily in any order but just the teams that really stood out to me in this year's 2020 NBA Draft. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.
Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding a wide range of civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz listens to the concerns of his clients, understanding their individual needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Hey, this is Kate Snell for the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool Patio and Spa. As we take a look at the NBA draft and what transpired on that Wednesday night, um, you know, I gave you kind of my breakdown of the top ten picks and whether I thought they were good or kind of uh, on the fence or you know head scratchers. But looking at the rest of the draft, looking at the draft as a whole, I'm going to give. My five teams that I felt had the best draft night. But before I get into those five teams, I'm going to start with teams who are on the outside of those best five. And kind of a, mm, not really sure, we'll see. I mean, they look good on draft night, but there's some so many other things that need to be done. So I can't really give a full draft grade just yet, but... Those teams I like to talk about in this we'll see segment. First, the Boston Celtics. Boston is a team I felt needed some size. They need to address that area of needing some size in this draft, and that's something they did not do. As uh, With the 14th pick, they selected Aaron Neesmith, the small forward from Vanderbilt. This is a guy who can truly light it up from downtown. I mean, he averaged like 23 points per game before suffering that season and an injury. Um, you don't know, like that pick. I like it a whole lot, especially with this team who, um, like I said, they lack size, but they need a lot of help from their bench when their guys, uh, their stars like Tatum and Walker and Brown aren't scoring or need a break. Can they get points from their bench guys? And so I think the bench is what they needed to fully address, and they did that with their 14th pick. They also did it later in the first round with their 26th pick with Peyton Pritchard, the point guard from Oregon. He's a guy who can shoot it. He can create for others. He's a gamer. You know, he's kind of that uh, kind of a throwback point guard. I mean, I'm glad he went first round because you never know with guys with his style will they – be well received or will there be a lot more question marks than than need be because he's a dude that he can he can play he he can play on any team in the NBA any offense because he's just a true NBA player he um as a guy that puts in the work he's been putting in work for years and it's watch videos with him doing dribbling drills before he went to school that day, getting up at 6 in the morning, 5 in the morning, doing dribbling drills. And, uh, you know, so he's a guy that won't disappoint. He would not disappoint. And I think he went to a great situation being in Boston, being under Brad Stevens, being under Danny Ainge, and to be that backup point guard for Kimball Walker. So getting those two guys were definitely wins in my book. But the fact that they need size steel – is where I give them kind of an uh, incomplete, we'll see what they do the rest of the offseason, and then we can go back and revisit and look at those picks and be like, okay, they had a plan all along. So I like Aaron E. Smith. I like Peyton Pritchard. We'll just see what they do to address the rest of their needs with needing some size down low for the Celtics on that roster. Now, the next team who I kind of feel like in that will-see approach, 
the San Antonio Spurs, you know, uh, they took Devin Vassell from Florida State with the number 11 pick. Um, you know, he's a guy they say 3 and D. He's a guy who can shoot threes. He can play defense, and he's going to light it up defensively. He's not going to take any plays off. He's a great communicator that from uh, comes from his head coach, Leonard Hamilton at Florida State, who says he's a guy that's going to talk and point, and he's going to point and talk. Like This guy here is going to be phenomenal defensively, and they say he can shoot threes, which today we talk about three and D. Like that's the new potential. We hear about potential for years. Like he has potential, and this guy has potential. Like, well, what about production? But everybody now wants to be a three and D guy, and that's why everybody, all the analysts, and everybody mentions three and D. He's a three and D. I think it was uh, Sadiq Bay. He's a you know forward coming out of Villanova who went to the Pistons, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. But I was reading some analysis on Sadiq Bay. And prior to the draft, and they said he's a three and D guy. He can do this and do that. And then looked at his weaknesses and said, "Well, you know, he, the knock on him is that he doesn't play great defense. He doesn't give it at all defense. Like, how can you be a three and D guy if you don't play D? Like, that's the part that bothers me. It's like everybody wants to talk about three and D guys who can shoot threes and play good defense, but." If you don't do one or the other well, then you're not a 3 and D guy. Everybody's not a 3 and D, D, D guy. So, um, yeah, I, that bothered me, and I just think people are getting up, caught up on this 3 and D term as they did with the word potential. And, you know, but looking at going back to Devin Vassell, he is that type of player truly. You look at the numbers, you watch the film, you see he's a true uh, 3 and D type guy who will – find a role with the San Antonio Spurs and then in the second round they took Trey Jones from Duke he was ACC player of the year he was ACC defensive player of the year uh caught me by surprise because I thought just like the Boston Celtics that they would draft some size I definitely thought maybe it would be a power forward or center taking in the draft so I like what the Spurs did with the two players they selected uh, but at the same time, like I mentioned, I thought for sure we need some youth in the front court. We have Luka Samanich behind Aldridge and Rudy Gay at the four position. Aldridge plays some five as well. Uh, Drew Eubanks is young. Chimese Metu is another uh, big that's from USC. We took in the second round a few years ago. So I still thought maybe they would address it in the draft and and take a guy. I, think if, I wonder if Jalen Smith was going to be available at 11 if they would have taken him because I read where they kind of gave him, they talked with him prior to the draft, they gave him some pointers, some things he needed to work on. I mean, when you tell a prospect that this is your weakness, you need to work on this, it's kind of like, okay, we're getting a head start on telling you address these type of things so when you get to training camp, you've already we can see some progression in those areas we tell you to uh, address in the pre-draft process. So them taking Devin Vassell, not a bad pick, but the Spurs have a crowded backcourt for sure with already having DeRozan at the two, Derek White at the two, Lonnie Walker at the two, then at the three position, Rudy Gay can play some three or four, Keldon Johnson really came on, he plays three, and now you have Devin Vassell who plays a two or three. So the reason why I'm kind of giving this a – Incomplete at the time is because I want to see what the Spurs do, uh, just like I want to see what Boston does for the offseason. I expected DeMar DeRozan, though, hopefully I was hoping he would be traded draft night and clear up some of that that confusion or just some of that pecking order in the backcourt. So the fact that he opted in into his $27.8 million contract, I fully expect him to be traded here soon, and not open the season with the San Antonio Spurs. At least that's what I'm hoping. I've been hoping that for the last year and a half that DeRozan would be traded. And I know he's great offensively, but anybody that knows him, I'm a defensive-minded guy, and that's not what he does at all. He's horrible man-to-man defense, horrible in help defense. I mean, you look at some of the numbers. I read the stat the other day that in his 11 seasons, 10 of those 11 seasons, the teams that he was on – played better when he was off the court like these are you can't make up some things like that's when you look at that kind of stat those kind of numbers it it shows that he's not as valuable as some people think so uh, I think him being traded to a team that needs another score maybe a team like Detroit or Atlanta that's looking to get into the playoffs uh you know I think that would definitely bode well for them getting another score 
that can slide into that six, seven, eight slot or whatever in the Eastern Conference, and the Spurs can get some valuable assets in return. So I was hoping that would come on draft night. Unfortunately, it didn't, and DeRozan remains a Spurs. So I'm hoping that will definitely change here in the near future. The next category, talk about the NBA draft as far as teams that I liked. Uh, this category, I'm going to call them not enough picks. They just didn't have enough picks for me to really judge on what I felt was a win in the draft. But these teams had one pick. Did like the picks they did have. Uh, you look at Miami, they took Precious Achua. He was a guy I've been, oh my gosh, thinking about for months that I wanted the Spurs to take him if they had opportunity. They had the chance. They didn't take him. They took Vassell, as I just mentioned. But him falling to 20 to the Miami Heat was a excellent pick excellent pick he's a rim runner he's great in pick and roll he can hit the jump uh the face-up jumper i think he's going to thrive miami they got another steal miami does such a great job in their draft that you know it's been funny because for a while there they didn't really have many draft picks they traded so many of them but the guys that they've had as of late have definitely they've hit gold with those guys i think Achua will be the same as you know they got tyler hero they got bam Adebayo from kentucky i think precious Achua will not disappoint down in south beach now the next team who only had one pick but definitely nailed that in the one pick was new orleans the pelicans they took kyra lewis jr from alabama the speedster this guy is a blur in the open court and you know you look at david griffin the general manager there of course we know his time in cleveland but He's done a fantastic job getting young assets. I mean, you look at the Anthony Davis trade alone where they got Lonzo Ball and Brandon Egram and Josh Hart, and then all those draft picks that they got in the deal as well. And then for this 13th pick, uh, you get Kyra Lewis Jr. And, you know, their point guard position, you look at Lonzo Ball, you look at Frank Jackson from Duke. I think that was a, a great pick by them just because they don't really – know for sure about Lonzo yet. Uh, Frank Jackson, I think his position could be in jeopardy with them drafting Kyra Lewis Jr. But you getting a speed guy like that when you already have Zion Williamson who is a freak and who can run the floor and is going to make plays for them. Uh, you look at also, um, you know, Nikhil Alexander-Walker from Virginia Tech, J.J. Reddick's on that team, Jackson Hayes. I mean, the New Orleans Pelicans are going to be a team to watch out for because they've done so well in drafting young pieces to help build down in New Orleans. And so we'll see what Stan Van Gundy can do down there in New Orleans as he's the new head coach. But I, I really like that one pick that they had. Kyra Lewis Jr. goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. The other team who I like, they just didn't have enough picks for me to really judge on the entirety uh, as far as being evaluated in the draft. But the Cleveland Cavaliers taking Isaac Okoro. Uh, you know, I talked about him earlier in the show. He's a guy that's going to bring it defensively. He's an athlete. He plays uh, well above, beyond his years. He's very mature in his game. I mentioned Bruce Pearl calls him, uh, calls him a for senior because that's how he plays. He was a freshman, but he played like a senior, just his knowledge of the game. I think that was a great pick by Cleveland, getting a guy like that on the wing who probably should have went number four to the Bulls if they were going to take a wing player. But I think Cleveland definitely came away with the guy they probably wanted all along, and he fell right to their laps at number five. So great pick by the Cavaliers. Now before I get into the five teams that came away with the best draft night, I'm going to give my honorable mention team, a team that I just couldn't quite put them in that five list, but I still really like what they did. And that team is the Washington Wizards. You know, I mentioned Denny Avdia, what I really like from his game. I think he'll contribute for that Wizards team, especially if they can get John Wall back and having Bradley Bill out there. If they can get back to playing the way they were before Wall was hurt, and adding a skill set like Avdia at that small forward position, I think that could be a team that could make some playoff noise. When I say playoff noise, not noise in the playoffs, but some noise that could potentially get them in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I mentioned I like that pick just because where they kind of stood and a reason why I'm more so giving them honorable mention as opposed to top five, it's because of the Avdia situation. We don't know. It's international. We never know when a player comes from overseas to play in the NBA. But the second round pick is what I really loved about their draft. 
They took Cassius Winston, the point guard from Michigan State. You know, this is a true point. There's not too many true points left in these days. Everybody wants a scoring point guard, but Cassius Winston, I've been watching him since he was a freshman with the Spartans, and I was like, man, this guy is, is remarkable. Like His basketball IQ, the way he sets up his teammates, the way he uses the pick and roll, He's a phenomenal point guard. He's a throwback point. Like a Rajon Rondo, people, you know, look at Rondo and, like, oh, he can't shoot. He's not a scorer. But you don't need your point guard to do all the scoring. He needs to be able to run an offense. And so Cassius Winston, um, you know, I was kind of afraid a few months ago. I saw where in a mock draft that the Lakers would take him at 28. And they probably would have if they would have kept that pick instead of trading that uh, 28 pick to the Thunder to get Dennis Schroeder another point guard. So, um you know, I didn't want Winston to be in L.A. for sure because this dude is very bright, very smart point guard. And, you know, John Wall, we know coming off his injury, will he be effective? Will he be anything like he was before? But if he's not, they do have Cassius Winston. I think he'll be a starting point guard, whether it's for Washington or somebody else. Uh, at, the very, at the very least, he's a very good backup point guard who can run an offense and make plays for his teammates. So I love that pick by Washington to take Cassius Winston with the 53rd pick in the 2020 NBA Draft. Now, moving on to my five teams that I like best on draft night. There's, there's no particular order, just five teams that I liked and what they did with the draft. And that may have been through draft selections, also with draft trade, some of the maybe current NBA players that they acquired in this draft process as well. So without further ado, these are my five teams that I liked in the 2020 NBA draft. First, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, they made some moves um, not only to get more draft picks, but also to acquire a few veterans uh, who are in the league now. Uh, starting off with some of the veterans that they acquired was Trevor Ariza, getting him. Anytime you get a Trevor Ariza, he's, that's a solid pickup. And he's going to bring good defense. He can shoot the three. And he's, uh, you know, very athletic still. Even though he's not super athletic as he once was when he entered the draft, but he can still throw it down, give an opportunity. So anytime you pick up a guy like Trevor Ariza, I think that's a win for your team. Tony Bradley, the center from the Utah Jazz who played at North Carolina, uh, still waiting on his opportunity to break out. Maybe Utah wasn't the best situation with Rudy Gobert being a star there, but the Pistons, I mean, they traded Andre Drummond. Maybe Bradley will get an opportunity to show what he really can do with the Pistons up there in Detroit. So I like those two guys that they acquired in the in the trade. Now, the draft picks that they have, Isaiah Stewart from Washington, he's another guy. You heard me talk about at 11. I wanted my Spurs to get a big man, whether it was Jalen Smith. Well, he went 10th to the Suns. Isaiah Stewart was another guy I was hoping for to hear his name call as the San Antonio Spurs would take him. Well, he fell all the way to 16. He drafted, uh, you know, got drafted by in that Portland deal and Houston that went to Detroit. Now he ends up with the Pistons. So uh, I love that pick. I mean, he's a throwback big. He's not a guy who's going to shoot threes, nothing like that. He's a banger down low, can score with either hand. He's a bruiser. And, you know, it's crazy how – Today's NBA, everybody wants to be shooting bigs. But you know what? You need some guys that can bang down low and get you a bucket too. So Isaiah Stewart, amazing freshman year at Washington. I think he'll have a very solid NBA career. Excellent pick by Detroit. They also took Sadiq Bey, forward from Villanova, guy who can do a lot of different things. We know Villanova has had tremendous success with their guys they put in the NBA. I mean, you look at Dante DiVincenzo, Josh Hart, Ron Archidiacono, um, Mikael Bridges, Kyle Lowry, Randy Foy. I mean, Eric Pascoe drafted by the Warriors in the second round last year. Uh, Villanova definitely puts out great players, great product whenever they enter the NBA draft. So um, I think that was a solid pick by the Pistons as well. Killian Hayes, I talked about him in the first segment, uh, the point guard from France, 6'5". They say he has great basketball IQ. He's been playing pro ball for some years now, which is actually on one of the teams that Tony Parker runs in France. And so Tony Parker has been a mentor of his. He's taught him some things that he knows as well. So uh, the Pistons getting him at number seven, I think, will be a solid pickup for them 
I don't know if he'll be a star or anything like that, but I fully expect Dwayne Casey to find a good role for him up there in Detroit. Another guy that the Pistons selected was Saban Lee, the point guard from Vanderbilt. I watched a few Vanderbilt games, and he definitely stood out. We talked about Aaron Neesmith and his ability to score for the Commodores. Well, when he went down with that injury, Saban Lee took over, and he was the guy, and he's super athletic, really more of a scoring guard first, a score first point guard, and Detroit can use any kind of scores uh, these days, and we know Blake Griffin and I mean, who else is going to put the ball in the basket for them? So um, I think getting a guy like Saban Lee in the second round with the 38th pick was, was definitely a great pickup, a great addition for that Detroit Pistons franchise. Now, the next team I want to talk about as one of the five teams I was really impressed with was the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they only had one pick, but the other you know, acquisition came through trade, and getting a guy like Landry Shamit. I don't know how he keeps being traded. He went from Philly to the Clippers and that uh, Tobias Harris deal. Now he goes from the Clippers to the Nets. Landry Shaman is a baller. First-round pick from Wichita State a few years ago. You look at Brooklyn with having Kevin Durant and having Karis LeVert, having Kyrie Irving. There's been talks about James Harden, as we know. They're going to be kind of cash-strapped. There's not going to be much room when it comes to you know, making huge acquisitions as far as cap space goes. But getting a guy like Landry Shaman, I think that was a very creative pickup. I mean, Joe Harris is a free agent. Will they be able to bring him back? If they don't, Landry Shaman is more than capable to fill that void. And so I love that acquisition, getting Landry Shaman up there in Brooklyn. Now, their one draft pick that they had came late in the second round with getting Reggie Perry from Mississippi State. We know he was SEC player of the year and, I mean, this guy, I don't know how he fell that late, but that's part of that whole today's NBA. They don't want, if you're a big that can score with your back to the basket, then you're not good for today's league. And that's ridiculous because I, I love those guys. That's what I want first is a back to the uh, basket type big, and I can find a stretch forward that can play certain minutes for me when we need to stretch the defense. But Reggie Perry, he was a guy I was hoping with that 41 pick that the Spurs would maybe draft him since we do need a big. But like I said, I like Trey Jones. And, uh, you know, I've seen the player comps with him to being Corey Joseph, another point guard the Spurs took, uh, you know, years ago. And Corey Joseph has definitely been a solid pro. But the Brooklyn Nets getting Reggie Perry late in the draft, like I said, filling out that roster with guys that, you know, is going to play hard and give you good effort and you bring you success. Even if, if, you know, when you have two stars, you don't need other guys to be stars. You need other guys to be good role players. And I think Shaman and Perry with, will both do that. Now, my other team, third team, the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks, man, I don't think many people will talk about them, but what they did on NBA draft night was impressive. They were able to acquire Josh Richardson from the Philadelphia 76ers in a deal. The guy who will play good defense and can knock down some threes as well. I mean, he's a career 36% three-point shooter, so he's not a great shooter, but he can knock down some. And uh, I think he'll definitely find a good good role in Dallas. And, you know, in the second round, they took Tyrell Terry, the point guard from Stanford. He's a straight-up shooter. Dude lights it up. That's what he does is, is shoot the ball. And so trading uh, Seth Curry to Philadelphia in the deal to acquire Josh Richardson – they go back and get a point guard who can shoot it, a guard who can light it up just like Seth Curry did. So great, great way to replace Curry with him moving on with the 76ers. Tyler Bay was their other second-round pick, kid from Colorado. This guy does it all, about 6'7". He can make plays with the ball. He can make plays in the post. He's going to be a hard-nosed defender. Uh, I mean, there was one game where – him being in Colorado, playing against Tyrell Terry, who's now his teammate in Dallas. Well, they're playing against each other. Bay gets switched on to Tyrell Terry, and he is more than enough foot speed to keep up with Tyrell Terry, and he's a 6'2 point guard. So the fact that Tyler Bay can play the 3, the 4, maybe some small ball 5 and switch on defenders, I think it's going to be huge for Dallas, and that's exactly what they needed and that's exactly what they accomplished by taking Josh Green, the shooting guard from Arizona, Tyler Bay, the power forward from Colorado, a guy who 
Averaged 14 points per game, nine rebounds per game, a block, and a steal as well. So Tyler Bays is one of those stat sheet stuffers, as Dick Vitale calls him. Now, listen to the soundbite from Rick Carlisle as he talks about Josh Green and what that team needed going into the NBA draft. What we needed uh, first for our uh, roster, uh, our wing defenders, that can that can shoot and score and hopefully make plays and uh, you know, we feel like he's a a, a ready to go three and D guy and uh, we also feel he has the ability to make plays and so um, those were you know some of the reasons we liked him so much. That audio came from Fanatics View as they shared their post draft presser from Rick Carlisle and. You know, Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the NBA, top five, hands down. And, you know, they had a plan, what they wanted to execute in the draft. They did exactly that by getting Josh Green, getting Tyler Bay, replacing Seth Curry with Tyrell Terry. So very impressed of what the Dallas Mavericks did on the NBA draft stage. Now, the other team I want to talk about, as far as one of the teams that impressed me, was the Charlotte Hornets. You know, of course, number two or number three, I should say, they took LaMelo Ball. Uh, I think they really wanted James Wiseman. They're losing Bismack Biombo and Hernan Gomez at the center position to free agency. They have Cody Zeller, but we know Zeller isn't a, like a true center. He can get some things done. But if you could have got James Wiseman, that's what they really wanted. And if uh, I wonder if maybe they wish they could have would have traded up or tried to move up a spot to take Wiseman at number two because you knew for sure that the Timberwolves weren't going to take him. So the fact that they now have LaMelo Ball, who's a lot of people are saying the most talented player in the draft, that they would have taken a number one if they had the opportunity. You know, I think that's still a win for the Hornets because they need excitement. They need some uh, ways to sell tickets in Charlotte, and we know LaMelo Ball would definitely do that for the Hornets. Now, of course, this is a team that has – Devontae Graham at the guard position. They have Terry Rozier in the backcourt as well. You know, I kind of was like, okay, you have guards. Why do you need another guard in LaMelo? But LaMelo Ball is like 6'7", so it's a totally different uh, type guard when you have Rozier and and Graham who are 6'2", at best, you know, 6'2", 6'3". So um, getting LaMelo Ball is a win for this team, win for this franchise, something to be excited about as they know they're going to definitely put people in the seats. They want to see the ball family. They want to see LaMelo do his thing on the court. Um, How much does he develop his shot is a question, but they have guys who can put the ball in the hoop. Graham, as I mentioned, Rozier, uh, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges. So Malik Monk, I think ball's going to fit in nicely with him. And you know what? Graham has two years left on his rookie deal. Rozier has two years left on his original three-year deal that he signed leaving Boston. So Ball may be their starter sooner than we know, but uh, I definitely like that pick by the Hornets getting him. Now, I mentioned they wanted James Wiseman but didn't get him because he went up off the board at number two to the Warriors. Well, you know what they did in the second round? They took Vernon Carey Jr., the center from Duke, one of the top players coming out of high school and. I mean, this dude averages a double-double when he gets out of bed. And so, you know, I was a guy, of course, as I mentioned my Spurs, I wanted some posts, wanted some, some youth at that uh, four or five slots. And, you know, I was hoping he would fall down to 41. Unfortunately, he didn't. Like I said, we took his teammate, Trey Jones. So, I, like I said, I love Trey Jones. Thrilled about that pick as well. But the Hornets getting Vernon Carey Jr. when they needed some center depth. And getting a guy like Vernon Carey Jr., I felt like was a steal because five years ago, this dude is a top 10 pick. But because of the whole evolution of basketball and everybody wants to uh, acquire stretch bigs, 6'10", 7-foot guys who can shoot threes as well as maybe make some plays inside, you know, he, he's now a second rounder. And it's unfortunate because he's super talented and I think the uh, rest of the league that passed on him will definitely regret it as Vernon Carey matures down in Charlotte. So they're the other team I really liked, uh, what they did with those two picks. I mean, of course, they also got Nick Richards, the center from Kentucky. They also got Grant Riller, the point guard from Charleston, who can light it up on the offensive end. 
you know, but it really was more about those first two picks, getting LaMelo Ball and getting Vernon Carey Jr. from Duke. Excellent job by the Hornets. Now, the final team I want to talk about that did a great job was the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Sixers, because they acquired Danny Green, they acquired Terrence Ferguson, they acquired Seth Curry, all through trades. And why is that important? It's because they needed tremendous shooting help. I mean, I did my NBA tip-off preview a year ago going into the 2019-2020 season, and I was like, okay, they're going to be number three on my top three teams in the Eastern Conference because they didn't have that shooting touch that they had in years prior with guys like J.J. Reddick, who moved on to the Pelicans, Marco Bellinelli, who moved on to the Spurs, Ersan Ilyasova, who moved on to the Bucks, and losing those shooters to go around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. I mean, they needed some shooters to help space, space the floor, and they didn't do that by signing Al Horford. And so the fact they were able to get rid of his contract get some shooters in return. Like I said, Danny Green is a streaky shooter, but that's what he does best. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, an athletic young wing player, getting Seth Curry from the Mavericks. We know the Mavericks hated to part ways with him, but you heard Rick Carlisle talk about they needed some wing defenders, guys who could do more and be creators and playmaking as well as knocking down shots. So it was a win-win for both sides, I believe. So uh, Philadelphia, those were the trades that they were able to acquire and add to their roster. Now, the draft picks, getting Tyrese Maxey, the freshman from Kentucky. I love this guy. He is a gamer. He does it all. Oh, what a steal for him to fall. They also get Isaiah Joe, the scoring guard from Arkansas, who can light it up, getting him late in the second round. In the second round, they also got... Paul Reed, the power forward from DePaul, like this Susan is a energy guy, great rebounder. You know, when you have stars, you need to plug the role players around them that will have specific roles, and what they do best is what you need. And so for the Sixers, a team that needed shooting, getting Seth Curry, getting Tyrese Maxey, who can do it all, Terrence Ferguson, an athletic wing, you go Get Isaiah Joe, who can score and provide a, a scoring punch off the bench. Danny Green, we know the issues that he's had when it comes to shooting, but that's what he does best is knock down open shots, and he, help, he helps stretch that defense. And then getting Paul Reed late in the draft as well to help out in their rotation. So phenomenal job by Daryl Morey, the new president of basketball operations in Philadelphia. Elton Brand, the general manager who's been there for a few years. I mean, they did a wonderful job addressing their weaknesses in this draft, and I truly believe the 76ers will be a drastically improved team come next season. Hey, this is Alec Plangian for the AUM Warhawks. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Denny Vision is a proud supporter of the Joy FM, and their number one priority is patient satisfaction. They strive to provide a positive experience from the moment each person walks into the office. Denny Vision has an optical lab to create lenses on site, along with a selection of designer optical and sunglass frames. They focus on promoting good eye health while assisting patients in having the clearest vision possible. Their doctors help see the difference, which is their slogan. Located at 151 East Main Street in Dothan, online at dennyvision.com or phone 334-793-2633. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org.
Welcome back to the Sweet Spot. As we close with today's Triple C segment, Corey's closing comments, this is what I want to share with you today. Everyone isn't supposed to know everything about your life and family. Many people don't have your best interest at heart. And what that means is sometimes you just have to learn how to say no. I'm not comfortable talking about that or no, I just choose not to go there because everything doesn't need to be shared with everybody that you're close to. And I don't care if you've known them for several years or their family members or whatever it could be. I don't care how close a relationship is. If you feel it in your spirit that this is the time to open it up, this isn't the time to speak on that matter, then don't talk about it. Let it be what it is. It's your life. You don't have to tell anybody anything if the Spirit of God leads you not to share it. So always remember, everybody doesn't have your best interest at heart. Everybody doesn't need to know what's going on in your life, in your family, and the next move that you have planned. If those people who don't understand, when you tell them that you're not comfortable sharing, then maybe they're not supposed to be in your life at a particular time in the first place. So understand it's your life. You do what's best for you. And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.